0: Hello there, my friends and fellow warriors. Here we are, another anticipated episode where I'm talking with a fellow warrior in Hope. You know what? I've been getting feedback, a lot of feedback that people are loving these episodes. Okay, I get it. You don't wanna to listen to me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I've heard so many people say they're really enjoying hearing other people's perspectives. And of course, this is why I have invited my special guest today, Diane Chatelaine. And She is someone who's walked a similar path as I have, but there are so many more elements to her story, and I really want you to hear it from her words. You know, one of the things that Diane is concerned about today is that parts of her story are sad, but isn't that life? Please know that this episode, of course, will have some sadness, but it is also going to be filled with hope. So let me welcome my guest. Hey, Diane. Hi Val. How are you my friend? I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank Good. You. <laughs> okay, so you know we always say this, don't we? So sorry we had to meet in this way. <laughs> but yeah. had we not traveled the path you and I have both traveled, we would never have met. And I don't think that either one of us would choose our friendship <laughs> over what happened, but since here we are, I'm very grateful.
1: Yes, I am too. I am too. Thank you.
0: So, you know, what we, it's kind of interesting. You and I are talking about, you know, what, well, there's so many topics that that you would have such wonderful input on, but we were just talking a couple of weeks ago and you were talking about all of these different changes in your life and, you know, kind of like keep coming up from air after these major life changes.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, we
0: thought that would be a really cool topic because it's not just changes that, you know, the two by fours that whacked you upside the head, but there have been other changes for you. And I think that people will be able to relate to them. Um, Mm -hmm. But do you mind if we just start with the biggest to date that you had to that date? The biggest life change you had was, of course, when your son, Michael, when the addiction beast found him, I should say. So that was the first big life change. So can you just kind of like give a little backstory? What was going on? How was life? And then boom, you know, you got hit by that two by four.
1: Right. So I know you mentioned, um, you know, what was your normal life? Well, I know not everybody, we don't live normal lives, but you know, um, kind of my normal, our normal was me and my husband. We had these four beautiful children, um, two girls and two boys. Um, both my girls were in dance from elementary school, all the way up through high school and college, actually um my boys were into baseball from t-ball all the way up through high school so our lives were you know and me and my husband both worked full time um so our lives were going to baseball and dance practices and going to work every day and we'd spend our family vacations either at baseball tournaments or dance competitions and we, we loved it. That's, that's what our lives were. And, and, um, so, uh, for my son, Michael, um, it probably, things were probably happening in later in high school. Um, I probably, I didn't know anything about addiction or anything, um, during that time. And you know, probably now that I look back on things, uh, late in high school and and a few years after high school, um, I can probably see now where yeah things started then. And um,
0: Diane, you know, do you I mind if I like interrupt it. you for a minute? Because yeah. I know somebody's <laughs> listening right now and going, "Okay, I'm not the only one that feels like an idiot. I'm not the only one that is doing the coulda, shoulda, woulda."s Because, I mean. It's so weird. Yeah. Just the other day, I was writing some part of my story, and I thought, I wonder if somebody's listening to this thinking, "Are you just dumb? How does your daughter end up with a with a, a gang member, and you didn't even know?" You know what I mean? It's and yeah, but I think that normal. You said the word normal earlier, which of course I kind of chuckled silently because you're <laughs> right. There's no such thing as normal. <laughs> but the normal thing that teenagers do is they go and kind of do stuff. You know, right? They go to a kegger. They yeah. do whatever, and so. I know you've beat yourself up, I'm sure on this, but, um, I just kind of wanted to make that statement to people that, especially mm-hmm. those who never have walked this road and that go, well, I would have known. No, right. You, you might yeah. have. <laughs> so right. I, anyway, and- I just wanted to throw that in there, Diane, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. No, no, no
1: worries. That's it's true. That's kind of why I wanted to, you know, put that out there too. So, um, You know, like I said, after high school, a couple years, you know, after high school, um, he met a young lady and, um, you know, she was nice. Um, They seemed really happy. Um, And then she she got pregnant um, with uh, Michael's son and they were happy. Everybody was happy. Um, They had him. And, you know, once again, I could look back now and see that things were going on that I didn't really want to you know bring attention to cuz I probably didn't want to admit it either to myself and you know what we I just we just wanted to enjoy the the happy times and and everything so you know they were happy they had their own apartment and their son and then probably about 15 months later she got pregnant again with who is my granddaughter, Reagan, who we have, who we have now. And they were happy with that as well. Um, They were happy with
0: you having the baby.
1: Well, no, actually they were happy getting pregnant again. Oh,
0: them having the baby. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so right after Reagan was born, um, that's kind of when things really, really went downhill and we all noticed and took you know um we noticed they kind of sheltered themselves and then we all started when I say we all it was my family and her parents as well um so make a long story short we uh kind of got together and I don't like the word confront, but we confronted them and yes, they were using and things were not good. It it wasn't, uh, they weren't able to take care of their kids and it wasn't because they didn't love them, but you know, with addiction that comes first. Um, So we took care of the kids. Uh, I, we have Reagan and her parents uh, took um, Reagan's brother and we both parents put them into uh, rehab and we're like okay so 30 days <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna get things taken care of I mean this rehab was they weren't in there together they were in separate but um, these rehabs were amazing and we thought okay so 30 days all right they're gonna come out they're gonna be all good. They're gonna get their kids back, and everything's gonna be great. You know, no. Mm-hmm. So, so um, they got out, and lots of details and stories, um, after that, but. You know, a couple more rehabs down the road, and everything. So ultimately, I, we, my, my husband and I have custody of Reagan, and her, her parents have custody of her brother. Um, and so, kind of down the road, unfortunately, in two thousand fifteen, uh, we lost Carl, um, my Michael's girlfriend. We lost her um, to alcohol addiction. And so during this whole time before uh, she passed, I was, I look back now and I kind of cringe at the person that I was. I, I was angry. I was frustrated because the rehabs weren't working. They weren't getting themselves back on track so they could take care of their kids and everything. And I was not. Um, I wasn't in a good place where I was kind of angry and frustrated. And when she passed, um yeah, a ton of bricks hit me and the guilt of feeling that way and being upset with them and everything, it it really hit me and and everything. So
0: I think that's, uh, very normal to, and I think it's okay. I remember feeling angry a lot in my journey and you know, it's, it, that's a normal reaction to all these emotions that you were feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what I'd like to say at this moment was, well, maybe you should have consulted your parenting book that told you exactly (laughs) what to do in this situation exactly right I mean isn't they call hindsight 2020 because yeah looking back of course you can see but in the middle of that you had so many changes going on Mm -hmm. in your life and so many emotions so here you are at whatever age you were Mm -hmm. uh maybe 50 or something yeah Yeah. and and you've got a baby
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and your daughter or your I guess she was like a daughter-in-law to you and your son mm-hmm. are crashing mm-hmm. yeah the the mm-hmm. rehabs aren't work. The whole thing is the all of those are normal feelings that you were having. and mm-hmm. um I hope you've given up beating yourself up over those
1: um yeah, it comes and goes, but it's it's yeah, I can see now that you know, you know, I wish that there was more information put out there to uh, families that kind of gave them the reality of things, but you know, it's, it's all good. So um, after her passing, you know, I was a mess too, um, but I kept trying to figure out, all right, how can I fix Michael? How can I get him in a place where he can be all better and enjoy his children and everything, um, through life and everything. Um, and you know, during all this too, I kind of have notes here (laughs) during all this, um, too, I was not just angry and frustrated, but I was worried that God, you know, he gave me these children and look who, what's happened. What did I do? Oh my goodness. God is going to be, he's disappointed in me. Um, I have to be able to figure out how to fix Michael. So, because I've let him down and only I only mom, cause you know, I was probably one of those controlling moms too. <laughs> only <laughs> I could do this and everything that I tried and everything, just wasn't working. And I can see now looking back at things, why, you know, but, um, so I thought, okay, I got to figure this, I'm not doing it on my own. So maybe what I need to do is I need to go to some meetings of other parents that are going through this so that they, maybe they can give me, you know, the way to, to do this, to, to fix him, you know? Um, so, it just so happened. that Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not disrespecting any meetings or anything like that because it does help people. I'm just speaking on my own behalf here. Um, it just so happened that these meetings were on a Sunday evenings. And so I went to a couple and um, I was finding out that I was leaving those meetings even more depressed than what I came. And also I'm spending my Sunday evenings away from Reagan and my husband and my other kids um, just to come home feeling even more depressed. And it wasn't giving me any answers on how to fix my son, you know? So I kind of gave up on that. Um, But one of my other aha moments was I was driving to work and, you know, we kind of relive, um, these events every day in our head and I was driving to work and all of a sudden, I don't know if it was a panic attack. I'm not sure, but I, all of a sudden I felt like I was going to lose control of the car and I was cramping up and thank goodness. It would have been really easy if I would have just let go and let the car go. But
0: oh, yeah, I, I understand those feelings, you know, so I did pull over, Um,
1: I regained my breath and calmed down and everything I made it to work and everything and, you know, even at work and everyday life, you know, you go through and you're like, smiling and putting on a good front for everybody and so that you'll look like, you know, you know, you're okay and stuff like that. But on the inside, we're like,
0: yeah. On the inside, you feel like that loser failure, mom. Yeah. 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 I know.
1: <laughs> so that evening um, I get home and I get everything taken care of Reagan in bed, you know, and everybody taken care of. And I'm sitting on my couch and I'm thinking, okay, I got to find something here. So of course I go to crazy Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and there's lots of groups on Facebook so I just type in you know moms with children struggling with addiction or something and what pops up and I'm gonna try not to get emotional here but what pops up is my Valerie Silvera
0: oh I never knew this story (laughs) yes
1: so I read all about you and even when I was doing that I thought oh my god she's going through this too she's went through it she's gonna have the answers
0: (laughs) you Um, thought I was gonna fix Michael yeah so
1: (laughs) I ordered your book and got overnight and I read it and I was like oh my goodness um I need fixing (laughs) I'm the one who needs help too and you it just brought so much different light to my to what I was going through and and it was kind of actually validating the emotions that I was feeling and it was actually validated that it's okay for us to take care of ourselves we have to take care of ourselves because if we don't we're not going to be able to face things that come at us at all we're not going to be it's able so to
0: counterintuitive though isn't it it's yeah it, it, until we get a new perspective on it especially for moms we go no it's all about them it's all about them but we're over here self-destructing and not realizing that we're making it worse for them
1: exactly exactly you know so um so it was awesome um not only did I get to know you, but um I've gained so many call them my sisters. Yeah. <laughs> I've gained so many dear friends, even though we're all over the United States and everything. Um it's not like we can go next door, but thank God for technology where we can, you know, connect and everything. But Um, But wait, so what you
0: found, is it safe to say then what you found were like-minded souls? These aren't people who are just every day is wonderful and they don't still have struggles, but different Mm -hmm. to whatever that meeting was that you went to where everybody Mm -hmm. was there to just, you know, tell their sad story. Right. It's like-minded people who are really trying to, to find their own recovery and to stand strong and to be good role models for the people in their lives. Exactly. And they're there to help
1: each other out and to help lift each other up. And, and I found that not only was I able to share my story, but I was, I felt good being able to be there for them too, to help them know that it's okay to care about yourself. It's okay to you. it's going to be okay. We got You
0: bring care. up a good point here because we think. I remember I thought, even when I you know, pushed the button to, okay, we're putting that book out there, my first book, I was thinking, well, don't I first have to get it all together? And don't I have to have it all figured out? And then I have something to give, but right. how one of the ways we get better is when we give and everybody has something to give right where they are.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's not like I, I read your book and now, oh, everything's all good, you know, <laughs> really?
0: but oh my god God. i thought for sure someone was going to read that book and be all better when they hit the last page (laughs) but
1: i can say that yes i'm in a much better place and well can
0: i can i kind of lead into something else Mm -hmm. so thank god Mm -hmm. you got yourself into a better place Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if you well i don't know if you've ever thought about it but i can imagine where you'd be today had you not done all the work you did to take care of yourself and for your own recovery because um life around you got a lot worse yeah exactly
1: i i can honestly say that i i don't think i could be where i'm at today without that and it, yeah and it's not just for me but it's for my family and the others around me too You know,
0: now, uh, oh, before we talk about that life got worse, Mm -hmm. you mentioned to me earlier, we were talking before we started recording this episode, you know, we're kind of talking about, you mentioned those aha moments that you have, you know, I call them pivotal. They're the moments that if you pay attention, that can literally turn you into a whole, you know, the trajectory of your life changes if you embrace it. And you were telling me um, something, a communication you received from your daughter, Summer. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, even though I was focusing on the nine weapons of hope and your book and myself and everything, I still focused a lot on, on my son, um, because, you know, my girls and, and Justin, my other son, they're fine. They're okay. And everything, but.
0: Oh my gosh. What a good point. It's almost like, oh, they don't need me. (laughs)
1: Right. I know. And so, um, Bless her heart. I'm I'm thankful that she did this, but uh, my daughter, Summer, and even though I'm sure Justin and my other daughter, Savannah, were thinking the same thing, yeah. uh, my daughter, Summer, wrote me a letter and saying that, you know, she, she's worked, first, she loves her brother, Michael, very much. And she's worried about him just as much as, as everyone, they all are, um, but she's worked so hard you know, through school, dance, and college, and everything that she doesn't feel that I was recognizing it as much as she, as she would have wanted me to. She, it wasn't a letter that she was angry at me or anything. I think she wrote it also because she cared about me. And but she also wanted to bring it up and say, Mom, we're still here, you know. Don't consume your whole focus on Michael, who we love too. But we're still here too, wow. you know. And so that also, you know, sometimes we still have to be hit upside the head. You yes,
0: know? we do. <laughs> we have that to. That took a lot of letter. courage for her to not just write the letter, but to to write it without the anger and in such a, um, it's almost like, wow, the, you know, the, the child becomes the parent, we know you, she was, she, you learned so much from her with that letter. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, God bless her for allowing you to have that moment. Yeah, exactly.
1: So that, that brought a lot of reality to me too. And I'm grateful for that because, you know, I needed to, to focus on on them too so um but
0: yeah so you're going along and you're getting better and you are focusing more on them trying to balance you know you're still scared um world with Michael and your heart that's shattered into a million pieces and all that while raising a toddler than a you know elementary school age a young daughter essentially right yeah um, right. Mm-hmm. and then you know the the thing that no matter how well or strong you become that you just no mother can fully prepare for happens
1: right exactly so you know michael was we lived in virginia at the time and michael was there too and you know of course relapsing a couple times and then he decided look i'm going to move to texas because maybe there Um, I can get away from the crazy craziness here. I, you know, their original surroundings, not, not necessarily us, but, you know, their regular things that can bring them, make them relapse. And so he moved to Texas and, um, it's there for a little while. And then COVID hit. (laughs) And of course, you know, COVID changed everybody's lives, (laughs) So, you know, so we, you know, we, me and my husband both worked at the same business. We worked at a dry cleaner and it was family owned, not our family, but, um, family owned and, um, COVID hit. And we went from a million dollar business down to zero in a matter of a week. So not only, you know, we had to figure out, all right, (laughs) what do we do here? So long story short, me and my husband made the decision. Okay. We, we're gonna, we can't live here making the money that from another job, let's move to Florida. Plus we're going to be closer to my daughter, Savannah and her husband and my other two grandchildren, Reagan and her cousins can grow up together and everything. So we did that. We, um, bought a house and, and we're down here, but before we moved, um, you know, every once in a while, Michael would call us, you know, and especially Reagan and he would call and wish her a happy birthday and things like that. Um, it also got to where he was, um, texting me every once in a while and saying, Hey mom, you know, I'm hungry. Um, you know, I don't get paid till next week can you send me you know a couple dollars and I promise I'll pay you back and you know I'm sure the same old that a lot of people hear and I did I did and the more I did kind of the more frustrated I would get but I did and so probably well it was in August and He texted me and said, mom, same old thing. Can you send me? And, and after I would send him the money, he would always text me back and say, mom, thank you. I don't know what I would do without you. I love you so much. And then I would text him back and say, it's all right, buddy. You know, I love you too. Just, just work hard to just work hard on yourself. And, and, you know, I'm, I pray for you all the time. So he texted me this last time and said, mom, I'm hungry, blah, blah, blah. And of course I sent it. And, you know, I know, I think I was getting frustrated and stuff because I know that that money wasn't all going to food, you know, but I think I was frustrated more at myself for doing it. Cause I knew probably where it was really going. So I was more frustrated with myself. So he did again and I sent him the money and of course he texted me back said thank you mom I love you I don't know what I would do without you and I did not text him back this time so it's it's okay (laughs) so then you know about a week later I got that phone call I, I was at work and um I got that phone call and you know even though We know things can either go one or two ways. And I've even had that conversation with my kids that, you know, things are either going to go this way or this may happen. And I mean, there
0: aren't any old addicts.
1: Right. And we have to prepare. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: But, you know, no matter how much I, we all did that, it doesn't actually prepare you for yep. that so um yeah we got that phone call and so of course that guilt thing came back and and you know normally in the past when i got phone calls from you know he's in jail or you know other things i after i hung up the phone it was like okay well i can do something about this i can go do this or I can get this done stuff like that this phone call you know there's it's it's kind of like a final thing and I don't want to I'm not trying to be down get anybody down here Um, I just want you know to share our feelings because you know um, I don't think I'm probably the only one that had feelings when that's happened you know but so you know, that happened. So, yeah.
0: So now you're having to deal with explaining it to his daughter and all of this. And I I also was wondering too, um, about, I'm sure you had a lot of feelings when you left the the family home you had for 30 years, even though you're excited for this new chapter and I know you're glad that you're there and you're near, uh, your other daughter and your grandchildren and all that. But, um a lot of emotions come with that. You know you you're bringing along all that. It's kind of funny because a house is is a brick and mortar thing
1: uh-huh.
0: right It's just, it's just walls and floors and ceilings and memories go with you. but yeah. Okay. Now listen, you're talking to someone who's moved 25 times. So <laughs> I have no idea how you feel, honestly, but I know that it's hard for people who've had a lot of memories in a place mm-hmm. to then land in another place and feel like, almost like you're abandoning those memories or something. Is that sort of how you felt?
1: It It is. We, all four of our children were, you know, g- grow up in that house and, um, and I don't think of myself as a hoarder, but you know what, after 30 years, you're you <laughs> stuff, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we can't take it all with us. <laughs> so, so not only going through things to figure out, okay, what are we going to take with us and everything like that, that, that was not hard, but it, it, you know, you spend time on going through things and then you just, all the memories and everything. Um,
0: but that's and- okay. I mean, it's, It's okay to sit there and cry over this memento or that memory. Um, I think the key, though, is to not crawl inside that hole in your heart. And I just feel like I know that a lot of people are looking at you like, wow, you're raising a grandkid. Gee, sorry, (laughs) life turned out that way for you. And I know there's probably a part of you that thinks that is a challenge, of course. But Mm -hmm. you also consider her a blessing and she's probably and your other three children one of the main reasons that you're you don't crawl inside that hole exactly,
1: exactly. you know, um we were it was hard leaving that home, but we were also excited. and I know that sounds crazy after after you lose a child, he wasn't a child, I know your but he was mine,
0: yes, he was but after
1: yeah. after you lose something as someone through this tragic event, how can you still be excited about? you know, going on.
0: Okay. But you can, that's okay. You you're bringing up something. We never even thought about talking about what a good point we think it's either, or, Mm -hmm. right. I remember just talking with someone about this the other day that, Oh, so I sort of thought, okay, you, you get through the grief and then you're happy. And then I learned with Jamie for sure. And I know you're feeling this way too. It's been six and a half years for me. And I can tell you, Diane, I mean, I've told you before, sorry, here's your future. The hole Mm -hmm. in my heart has not shrunk. Not one iota. Mm -hmm. It is not going anywhere. It's permanent. Mm -hmm. But Every day I keep saying to people, I'm giving you a piece of my heart. Why is my heart not like there's nothing left of it. It Mm -hmm. seems like my heart's getting bigger.
1: Right. Even Mm -hmm. though I'm giving
0: away pieces of it and live with a crater in my heart. So I wonder Mm -hmm. if you've, figured out how it's almost like weird. It defies physics. How is it that you are able to live with that hole in your heart and also be happy too? And you, at first it sounds like you're fighting it. Like this isn't right.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and there were times where I, I was, but then I was like, you know what? Um, you know, first Michael's not struggling anymore. And I think, What Do I want to see my other family sad and upset when, you know, things are, no. So I'm sure that he also is wanting to see us happy and everything too. And it's not like we are leaving him behind, you know, he's, his memory, his heart, everything is here. Reagan is a piece of him that I, that we still have. And you know, yeah, even he in-
0: goes wherever you go.
1: Yeah. So and then also, I was thinking, you know, at this house, it's probably tired of the same old family here. It deserves to have a new family too. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so yeah, we're here in Florida. um Reagan, she's happy, and she too, kind of, you know, has her moments. Me and her share. Sometimes where we have our moments and we talk about daddy and her mommy. She didn't know her mommy as much as she knew her daddy, but and I've always told her, which I learned from you, that it's okay to have these moments. It's kind of important too. Yes. We allow those feelings to and we honor those feelings, which I learned from you. Um And it's okay as long as we got each other and we can experience those. And then we can just wipe our face and take a breath and get back up and, you know, experience some happy times because that's what they would want us to do.
0: Yeah. That's such a good point, Diane, is that we get mixed up because we almost feel like when we're in grief, we're honoring them. And when we're not, we're dishonoring them. And that's just not true.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. I
0: think you honor him more Mm -hmm. by living your life and making a difference and being happy and raising his daughter with joy. Um, that's, that's way, way more of an honor to him. Um, in my opinion than the opposite.
1: Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. I know so.
0: Well, Diane, you know what? You and I could probably talk. Um, if if anyone would listen to a podcast that was three hours long, we'd probably I could have one that was three hours long. I know. But, but maybe we can talk again because it's kind of like we touched on on grief, and then you I know you're concerned you don't want people to feel sad when they hear your story, but um, I know that there's so many eye-opening moments for you mm-hmm. in grief and things you would have never imagined about it. Like some we have touched on today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we might, you know, I'm going to talk a lot more about grief because I think it's time for people to start thinking of it differently. Mm-hmm. And so I hope you'll come back and we can chat about that as well. And, you know, yeah. so yeah, I yeah. would
1: I would love to. Um, and I, you know, I was, if, if you allow, if I would, could say something to those that may be listening, please to this. I, you know, I just want everyone to know that my story's ending isn't what everyone's will be. Um, and please know that even though I miss my son and wish his life turned out better, I still wish and hope for all of your sons and daughters. Um, and it's okay to share if you're struggling and that just makes me want to reach out and hug you. Um, And it's okay to share when your loved ones have a good day too, because I have a few of our, my closest dearest warrior sisters that were worried that if they, you know, told us about something good that's happening, that that might make me feel bad. It doesn't. I still need to hear that too, because I want, it helps me too. You know, that's well, Diane, whole...
0: that just proves that you've come a long way because I'm not, I have no idea. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to tell you right now, of course, I've already told the world there was a time when I didn't feel happy for other people. And then that I was, I, then I didn't like myself for not feeling happy, <laughs> but I, I know. I'm just being honest here. It, you know, it yeah, takes that, some work to get that, to where you are. And I appreciate you saying that.
1: Well, I couldn't be where I'm at without your, those nine weapons of hope and, and your help and support and everything and you know so my my wish for you and everyone is to know that you're not alone and um everyone's story and your journey through this is different there's no right or wrong answers um honor your feelings and don't allow that beast to swallow you up in those feelings um and never give up hope um for them or yourself it's important to have hope for yourself as well. You know. So. Amen,
0: sister. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna make sure everybody better listen to this entire episode because <laughs> the ending is really so important. Those words that you just said, I'm so appreciative of you saying them. And there are a lot of people out there that need those few minutes of hope. Yeah. Uh so thank you again, Diane, for coming and spending time with me and talking about things that I know are difficult, but. I also know that you're a warrior.
1: Well, thank you, Valerie, for even allowing me or asking me to to be here. And, you know, thank you for everything. Okay.
0: Well, I love you, Diane. And we will talk again soon. All right. Love you too, Val. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time. And in the meantime, if you want to jump into Warriors and Hope, and get access to free resources and check out all of our other coaching and resources, go to warriorsandhope.com. Whatever you're going through, know that you are not alone. I'm standing right there with you and alongside you as you stand up and learn how to fight, how to become a warrior in hope.